When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast, brought to you by Chronicle Live, bringing you the latest insight on everything to do with Newcastle United. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for our weekend preview. Newcastle travelled down to the capital on Saturday to face West Ham. I'm joined by Football London, Sam Ingersoll, who's actually just come out of the West Ham Manager's press conference will start right there, Sam. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, no worries, mate. Thanks for having me on. How was how was the manager? Ah, uh, he was on. Uh, he was he was on good form. Um, he, he, he's not the most. Uh, he, he's not a big talker. He doesn't not like to give too much away. Um, so he, we got a little bit of injury news and his thoughts on thoughts on their game coming up, but nothing nothing too in depth because he's normally quite reserved. Well, we start there with the injury news. So, Jack Wilshere seems to be the main one who's going to be missing out. Yeah, he is out this weekend. Yeah, he picked up a groin problem in training ahead of the Everton defeat last weekend, and uh, he's not fully recovered, um, which we're not. We, we, we can't really be surprised at because it seems to take a while to recover from injuries. Does uh, does Jack? So, yeah, now he's not available for this weekend, but. Um, by all accounts, it, the, the rest of it is it, is a clean bill of health apart from two uh, long-term injuries, uh, which is obviously to Mikhail Antonio, who's been out since August, and Lucas Fabianski, the keeper, who's been out uh, since late September, and he's not going to be back until 2020. So for those who don't watch West Ham often, I mean, how big of a loss is Jack Wilshere to, to uh, West Ham? Has he been out recently, or is, is this the first kind of flare-up of the injury this season? It's not a big loss at the moment because he started the first uh, two games of the season and hadn't played since, hadn't started a game since. Uh, he was he was relegated to, to to the substitutes bench before his injury, and he was uh, only really playing in the Carabao Cup, and that only lasted a couple of games as well because West Ham were knocked out pretty early. So it's not it's not a, a big loss to the Hammers, unfortunately for Jack. He's just not he's just not as as important a member of uh, the starting eleven as 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 he um as he was at the start of last season. So it's it's not it's a, it's not it's not a big term a big loss in terms of in terms of Wilshire. There's not they don't be losing too much sleep over it. You mentioned star men. Then who is the one man? Then you think Newcastle need to keep quiet this Saturday? Um. It's a tough one because there's there's some Hammers players that are not really in form at the moment. Um, they've been struggled in the last four games, haven't won in a month. So when you're trying to pick out certain players that you say that are, are really in form, there's not many to choose from. Uh, Andre Omelenko has been in good nick. Uh, the he plays off the off the right wing, cuts in on his left foot. He's extremely one footed um, uh, and quite predictable at times. But some type, but some teams still can't seem to figure him out. Scored three goals already this season, uh, and he stepped into the breach from uh, Mikel Antonio after he was uh, after he picked up an injury. So he's definitely a danger man. Um, this weekend, I would say I think there's the, the West Ham are due some performances from their big stars. So we're looking at the likes of Felipe Anderson, who's uh, who's had a very quiet season so far. It's about time that he sparked into life. Um, Sebastian Haller has gone off the boil a little bit recently, but he's not been getting a lot of service either. And we're really expecting a performance from all of West Ham's big players this weekend because, as I said, they haven't won for a month and the performances have, have dipped quite dramatically. 
So we're really looking for them to, to step up to the mark and show why big big fees were spent on them and why this team were being touted for top six, even top, maybe even the, even hitting the likes of fifth in the in the league uh, come the end of the season um, after they had such a good start. So we're, we're yeah, say we're looking for a, a big response from them after a poor run. You mentioned Flippy Anderson there and the likes. I think you wrote for Football London earlier this week kind of the 10 pressing issues from the first 10 mm. games and one of them was the lack of goals, the lack of uh, end product from the kind of attacking midfield as well the midfield in general. Um, just how big of a problem has that been? That's been a huge problem because uh, Pellegrini, Manuel Pellegrini's team is very reliant on his creative and attacking midfielders. He's got a lot of them are in the squad. You've got your Felipe Anderson, you've got Manuel Lanzini, you've got Pablo Fornells, you've got Andre Yarmolenko, players like that uh, that are not getting enough support to Sebastian Allaire at the moment. And he's looking incredibly isolated up front by himself. He's uh, any If anyone watched him last season with Eintracht Frankfurt, he thrived in a front three with uh, Luka Jovic and Ante Rebic where they were playing right up with him. That's just not happening at the moment. Uh, he's looking incredibly isolated and having to do it all on his own. So a lot of Memo Pellegrini's counter-attacking philosophy is dependent on his creative midfielders getting the ball, feeding Haller to his feet, not to his head or his chest, uh, and getting up there and supporting him. And as I said, they've just not been doing that at the moment. So, yeah, we are expecting expecting more from the likes of Anderson in particular this this, this weekend, who's had a very quiet start to the season. Hasn't, he's only scored once in his last, I think it's one in his last 24 or 25 appearances. So, yeah, we need to see more from him this weekend for sure. You mentioned Haller there looking isolated and um, not getting enough service. It's a story that Newcastle United fans will be able to relate to with regards Joe Linton, another striker who came for a big price from the Bundesliga. Um, I mean, how is Haller showing signs of frustration? What, what's the mood around the camp like? Because up here, Joe Linton, um, he's still getting the back and the manager's talking about protecting him but not taking him out of, this, out of the side. Is that the same for Haller down at West Ham? There's absolutely no chance of him being taken out of the side, that's for sure, because West Ham have got a lack of strikers. They've got Albion Ajeti, who's the backup, but he's only made two Premier League appearances off the bench so far this season, and both of those came in the last fortnight. So he's not uh, he's not quite fully trusted yet by the manager, and Mikel Antonio would have been another one to replace or potentially play up alongside Haller, but obviously he's been injured. So there's absolutely no chance of... Um, of the manager taking Haller out of the firing line. He just needs some support. We've seen Haller scored four goals this season already. Admittedly, two of those came in one game against Watford back in August. But he's a class player. You can see why you spent £45 million on on Haller. But he just needs he needs a bit of help up there. The tactics are not helping him at the moment. And he has looked frustrated. He has looked isolated. Um, but he's not been throwing his hands up in, in anger. And I think... The frustration is mainly coming from the, from the supporters in that he's just simply not getting the service. There's no frustrations with Haller himself as the player. He's doing he's doing everything he can. He's putting a shift in every week. Uh, the frustration, as I say, is coming from the the lack of help that he's getting, the tactics that are being employed by Pellegrini. Uh, so there's no chance of um, I say there's no chance of him being taken out of the out of the front line because he's not been scoring as regularly as hoped because it's not really been his fault. Let's be honest, it's not been his fault. Um, much like it's not been Joe Linton's. So I think, yeah, it, it's some interesting parallels between those two. And is that what it's been for you? It's been the formation rather than the the end product not being there? Or has it been a bit of a mixture of both? Um, I think, yeah, the, tactically, 
Pellegrini's very rigid and he's unwilling to change his 4-2-3-1 formation that he's been playing at the moment and, and he's been employing really since he, since he arrived in East London when it's quite clear that Sebastian Allaire needs, some, needs, needs a striker up with him or even if it's a number 10 that's actually playing up there right alongside him and is not isn't, and isn't playing any deeper um, and I think it does have to change he made five changes to his side uh, at the week, uh, last weekend's draw against Sheffield United, and everyone was saying it's not the personnel that needs changing; it's the it's the formation that needs changing. Uh, but he he sticks to a flat back four. He has Declan Rice and Mark Noble in central midfield, uh, three across three three attacking midfielders, and then a striker. Um, so that that's that's certainly where the frustration is lying with Pellegrini at the moment, and it's the, actually the first time that he's really been called into question since he was appointed as as West Ham manager this time. Uh, sorry, last summer that um, he's unwilling to change and unwilling to adapt. And I think I think the fans want to see something a little bit different. So for those who haven't seen West Ham play, just kind of explain to our listeners what their approach to the game is. Well, they're, they're a very offensive team. They're a very attacking team. Um, it's, it, it, they, they certainly don't sit back and allow... Uh, visiting teams, or even 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 away from home, they certainly won't allow home teams to dominate possession, at least not of their own accord. Uh, so they're very offensive-minded, very much on the front foot, and it, and it often and that obviously does leave them exposed defensively. They conceded uh, two goals in each of their last four games until last weekend, uh, when they conceded just one. But uh, the, the they started the season with three clean sheets in four, but haven't kept one since. Um, so. The, 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 the midfield, with all of his attacking midfielders that he's got, often the defence is left exposed, and you've got just Declan Rice in there trying to do a job of two people sometimes, and uh, he and, and he can't and he can't do that despite how good he is. Um, so, yeah, you say it's a very offensive-minded team, which is why we have, we have expected a lot better results than what we've seen um, for, from the from the Hammers so far. Um, defensively, they're a bit iffy. At the moment, that's fair to say. I don't think Pellegrini has quite found his best back four yet. He's constantly chopping and changing it. So it'll certainly be uh, if Newcastle obviously been lacking goals themselves, but they're coming up against a defence this weekend that are certainly not bang in form. So if they wanted to right those wrongs, and they, they'll probably be in with a good chance this weekend. Well, that was going to be my next question. It was going to be pick the one weakness which Bruce um, could exploit as Newcastle United manager. Would you say it is the form of the defence at the moment? Yeah, certainly. Um, Pellegrini made two, uh, three changes to his back four for the Sheffield United game. Immediately, one of them, um, one of them was uh, Aaron Cressel coming back in at left back after he missed the previous game through injury. So that wasn't a surprise. But he dropped two of his most consistent players so far this season in uh, Ryan Fredericks and Angelo Bonner, replacing them with Fabian Balbuena and Pablo Zabaleta, the veteran. Um, it worked to an extent because they only conceded one instead of two. But um, clean sheets are an issue. Obviously, lost Lucas Fabianski, who outside of Allison and Edison, for me, is the best keeper in the division. Um, they've lost him for the last few weeks and have got a, a very shaky replacement in Roberto, who can produce moments of brilliance, but can also has certainly got an error or two in him. So, um, yeah, clean sheets have been a, a real issue for the Hammers, in, especially the last month in this winless run that they've been on. They certainly need to tighten up defensively, and it's something that Pellegrini has consistently preached. I mean, we need to get better defensively. We need to get better defensively, but they just haven't. So, 
whether he switches to three centre halves and plays to and plays wing backs, or whether he sticks to his flat back four and just demands more of them, which I assume is which I assume is what he'll do this weekend. Um, that's certainly an area that Newcastle can target um, if the Bruce is feeling is feeling lucky. He might think about playing maybe more than one striker up front um, than just Joe Linton, because I think West Ham are certainly there for the taking defensively. Um, let's talk about Newcastle then. Is this a game that West Ham fans and West Ham are looking at and thinking we should be winning? I think if it, it, if this was a few weeks ago when, when the Hammers were very much in form after their good start, then you say, yeah, they'd be steamrolling them off the park. But the fact is they haven't won in a month since they beat Manchester United 2-0 at London Stadium. And performances have not been brilliant against Sheffield United and Crystal Palace at home, which you'd say, again, on paper, are games that West Ham should be winning. Um, so there's certainly, there's the, the, you can't go into the game this weekend saying, oh yeah, it's a definite win just because Newcastle are struggling down in 17th at the moment. I don't think it's as, cut, it's as cut and dry as that because West Ham have to be better than what they have been in recent weeks. They've simply not been good enough for the amount of money that's been spent on the squad uh, and how good it is on paper. Um, they've just not been performing. So, and then that obviously sometimes can think oh, they're stopping the pressure on themselves and I feel starting a little bit nervous they've lost their last two uh, sorry they haven't won then in their last two home games at home this weekend fans could the fans can turn on quickly in East London as we've seen previously so there certainly will be a few nerves around for sure most people will say they're quietly confident because of Newcastle's poor position in the league and, and they don't score many goals but this is West Ham you just don't know what you're going to get at the moment and obviously you've got the the kind of added story of Andy Carroll returning. He did train today, which is Thursday. He did get through a training session, which is good news for Newcastle. Um, Pellegrini said, you know what, I do hope he's fit. You know, he seems to be a fan of him, just didn't work out down at West Ham. Um, what's the view from you know the manager and from the fans on that potential return to, uh, to, to, to West Ham? If he if he's anywhere near the match day squad, then you can I can just see the reaction now. It's going to be, oh, he's just going to come off the bench and bag a late winner. Um, because that would just be so West Ham and very much Andy Carroll as well. No, I mean, we all know why Andy Carroll had to eventually left West Ham because they just couldn't trust his injury record. He was on a big contract here in East London. He signed a six-year contract um, after his loan spell on a very big wage and he was just never never really fit. So it, it was no surprise that he, that, that he left and it would be typical if he was to, to come back and score. Um and especially take advantage of a of a nervous looking defence at the moment. Um, if he even if he has trained today, I'd be I think I'd still be surprised if he makes a squad if he has been having injury problems because you just can't risk him, can you? Um, so soon after coming back to training, would be he'll get a good perception because there are there, he certainly had an impact at the club uh, in more ways than one. Frustration. So it'll be, it'll be, it'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, frustration. I think when West Ham signed Sebastian Allaire and he, and he scored. Um, those two goals against Watford in just his third appearance at the club. Uh, no, sorry, it's his second appearance at the club. Everyone was saying that he was um, what West Ham were hoping Andy Carroll would have been. Uh, because obviously, Carroll's um, a bit taller, is a bit better in the air than Allaire, but Allaire's much better with his feet and on the ground. Um, so it would be good to see Carroll back. He'll get a good reception here, as I say, because there are, st- there, there, there are, there are the fans still appreciate what he did, and they just it, it was no surprise to anyone that, that that he left the club. There was old, there was frustrations, of course, but he always made an impact when he did play because there's not many strikers around like him. So it'll be good to it'll be good to see him back here in East London for sure. And what are the what's the view of the West Ham fans and on Newcastle? Um, 
obviously you had some interesting games down the years. Uh, but also, I mean, you've got you had the whole Rafa Benitez linked to West Ham over the last couple of seasons before he eventually left Newcastle. Um, so yeah, what's what's the view from the West Ham fans on on, on Newcastle? Um, well, in, I think I think there's some sympathy with them in uh, in terms of ownership because although West Ham's uh, owners have, have stepped up in the last eighteen months or two years or so um, since since sacking uh, sorry since sacking Slaven Bilic and then uh, ditching David Moyes. Um, and then appointing, and since appointing Pellegrini, um, there's there's there, there's some common ground with owners in that they're not necessarily the most popular people at each club. Um, I think they don't really have much of a a feeling towards Newcastle, to to, to, to be honest, um, because West Ham fans, I think they they think they should be higher up the table than than Newcastle, and uh, they're not necessarily in the in the same boat in terms of like fighting for mid-table or in terms of Newcastle's case, who are, who are struggling at the moment, battling down the wrong end of the table. Um, there's not really many parallels you can compare between the two, and obviously both clubs have been big on a striker this summer that haven't really quite performed just yet, although Halle has been all right for has done well for the Hammers, in fairness. So, yeah, I mean, a few seasons back, then they would have been pretty similar. But I think aspirations are different now um, for both clubs. West Ham have invested heavily, whereas Newcastle hadn't. Well, Newcastle haven't, full stop. Um, so I think, yeah, they're, 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 the fans are, are, are very much looking up for um, for the Hammers, whereas I think Newcastle will probably just be happy to stay in the Premier League, I think, for another season. I mean, you can put me, you can correct me if I'm wrong. No, I think I think that is probably the feeling, unfortunately. Um, penultimate question then before I ask you for your score prediction. From what you've seen of Newcastle, who is the one player you think West Ham need to keep quiet on Saturday? Um, it's a good one. I think if if he'd played, then um, Sean Longstaff would have, would have been one because there's the, there's those comparisons between him and Declan Rice that have been rumbling on for about eight months or so now as to who's the better player. So that would have been fun to watch. And then obviously Declan Rice scored against Newcastle last season here and shushed the away fans. Um, like he, he, he clearly heard that. Uh, so that would have been fun. Um, I suppose you could say Miguel Amaron um, because he's got the, he, he's the kind of player that can cause problems, even though he's not been in the best of form. Um, I, th- I, th- I think he's, he's similar to... Say Philippe Anderson, Manuel Lanzini, if he plays in that, they're players that have not quite got going yet this season. But it takes just one good game for them to turn it on, uh, and you're just waiting for it to happen. So I think I'd certainly be keeping an eye on him. And, I, and West Ham were also linked with a move for Armouron before he went to Newcastle, um, and they did scout him a few times whilst he was in the MLS. Um, but for, before, I think they just thought he might cost a bit too much money I, uh, at the end of, at the end of the day. So I'll be certainly keeping an eye on. Uh, an Iron Armour on for sure. There you have it. And finally, then your score prediction. Um, oof, I don't think West Ham will keep a clean sheet because they can't keep clean sheets at the moment. I do think Newcastle will get a goal, but I do think West Ham should win at the weekend. It will be tight. It will be nervy. I'm going to go two-one West Ham. I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to be an optimist. Well, there you have it, Sam. Thank you very much for joining us on the Everything Is Black and White podcast. No worries, mate. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review to our podcast through iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast provider you listen through. So that was the view there from the West Ham and now joined by Chief Sports Writer Lee Ryder. Lee, um, are you looking forward to Saturday and what do you think? How, how will Newcastle approach this game? 
Well, it's a tough one. I think London Stadium, however, it might, it might suit them a little bit because the players are so far away from the fans. It's almost like a, a neutral venue as far as I'm concerned. Uh, there's no, It's not like the old Upton Park going there when it was, you know, that was one of the best best atmospheres in English football, Upton Park. This, this is completely different. Newcastle won there before. Obviously, they lost there last season when, when Longstaff got injured. But... I think that Newcastle got a good chance as long as they show the organisational skills which they have done in, in recent games and you know keep the keep it down to a relative level at one end but they've got to start taking their chances uh, otherwise you know it could be another narrow defeat we'll get on right there we'll get into the chances element of it because obviously Joe Linton another tough weekend um, last time out talk again whether Gale's going to start in, in place of him, whether he just needs protection, whether it's down the service. It's it's a question that keeps getting asked and it will do until he scores that goal. Um, for you though, I mean, we've done a piece online. Um, I think you backed him to, to keep his place on the side. Yeah, I think he, simply because he, can tur- he could turn around to Steve Bruce and say, uh, hold on, you haven't really given me much support here. You haven't given me any service if I'm getting dropped, it's not because of my work rate. It's because of, you know, the fact that you haven't delivered the ball in the right areas for me. And and he could turn around, he could say that for me. I think he needs some support up there. Dwight Gill would probably be the perfect guy to do it because he's got Premier League experience, um, and he's also hungry. He, he relished, you know, playing at West Ham. You know, first start for some time at Newcastle. Um, I think that would be a, a good a good sort of partnership uh, this weekend. And that then begs the question of who drops out for Gale. Is it Almiron? Is it? He would be close. He would be close. Um, you know whether they would rejig the formation, but Almiron for me would be. He would be close. In recent weeks, I've said he could be that pacey kind of outlet. But if Gale is in the team, then Gale's got the pace as well. So I, I, for me, uh, he he would be close. But there would be other ways of doing it. But uh, that you know that's for Steve Brewster. To decide if it, if it was Almiron, is that then a, is it a change in formation as well? Are you foreseen a, a, a kind of a a one one up, up up top like Gale hanging off Julian or? I mean, without you know getting too technical about it, I, I just think that you know you look back to when Dwight Gale played in the championship and Modi Army was just behind him. I think something like that could could benefit both Dwight Gale and Joel Linton because I think the army got a few goals as well when, when that was the situation I know it's the Premier League now I know it's a different manager but they've got to start looking a bit more offensive uh, and they've, I mean to be fair they got on the front foot of Chelsea in the last away game but they just were, weren't clinical in that final third the movement uh, and the openings aren't bad it's just they need to pull the trigger in the box um, Defence wise Fabian share. Missed out the last game. He's touch and go again for for this weekend. Um, do you think he'll he'll feature? Is it best not to risk him? Not not with the injury that he's got. With it being a, a, a knee injury, and you've got more than sufficient cover. Um, Federico Fernandez, Paul Dummett can come in if needed. Um, Florian Lejeune is just around the corner in terms of being ready to start. So there's there's plenty of options. I wouldn't risk him. I don't even think he's been playing his very best form for Newcastle this season. I think he had a, a long summer playing in the, the Nations League and things like that. So he's played a lot of international football. 
in recent breaks. Um, and I just think that, you know, it's, it's not one you would risk for this particular fixture. And then obviously you've got Sean Longstaff suspended. Is that an easy decision as Hayden back in or key? No, I don't think it's an easy one because for me, Hayden, again, hasn't been at his very best this season for Newcastle. Last season, he was fantastic. Uh, was he playing for a move last season? We we'll, we don't know unless we sit down and, and talk with him. But I, I don't think it's a. I don't think he walks back in the team because you've got John Joe Shelby there as well. I think John Joe Shelby for this particular game, I, I would seriously consider starting him because London can bring the best out in him. He likes to you know put on a good show in front of his family and the fans down there. So I, I think. I would person if you ask me. I would personally like to see Matty Longstaff and John Joe Shelby start. I think that could be an interesting sort of blend in the middle. Um, give them an opportunity. Matty Longstaff can certainly um, you know roll through ball through. Shelby can offer a threat from set pieces, diagonal balls. Um, I don't think it's a it's a foregone conclusion that Hayden walks back in the team. And then on to Andy Carroll. Um, Sam there from Football London said it would be typical West Ham that Carroll. Is, is fit, comes off the bench and, and nabs the winner. Great to see Carroll in training today. Um, he looks like he's got that got through that unscathed. We'll hear more from Steve Bruce and his press conference on Friday morning, but from what we can see, he looks like he's, he's probably going to be at least in that squad. Yeah, Well, yeah, and if he can come off the bench for the last half an hour, then I, I think that's the feasible option. I think he had the groin injury last week and, again, just seems to be the nature of life these days. Got loads of criticism just for, you know taking a precaution and pulling out the squad when he signed the the understanding was if he can make 15 to 20 appearances you know either from the bench or from the start whatever if he can get 15 or 20 appearances out of him in games that will be a success for a free transfer he's got four so far uh, hasn't suffered any major injury he's being managed very carefully as you can understand so as far as I'm concerned He's on course to be, you know, a reasonably good sign, and uh, he needs a couple of goals, of course. But he brings more than just that to, to the team because look at that win against Man United when he was holding the ball up, he was winning fouls, he was blocking things in the wall. He's much more than just a goal scorer because of his physic physicality and his size. He can offer so much more. So let's hope that uh, he's. He is back on the bench and he contributes in a positive way this weekend. I'm sure he would be absolutely bouncing to you know to get back on that pitch at West Ham, and not because he had a bad time or he's got a point to prove. I just think going back there, I think he would love to you know get a goal uh, in Newcastle colours. West Ham spent a lot of money. They've had quite an inconsistent uh, start of the season so far. They were I think were the fourth at one point, beat Manchester United, but haven't won in a month. Drew one one with. Sheffield United last weekend. Um, it's a game Newcastle can win. It's just whether they, they, I think you've mentioned it there, whether they can just get the shots off in the box and actually just be a bit more clinical. It's almost, if you, if you could say, it's almost one of the perfect games for them because they're playing a team who are struggling for form, are struggling for confidence. They don't look indestructible at home. Uh, it's at a decent venue, as I've said, because... It feels like a, a neutral sort of atmosphere. They're hardly flying at the moment, so even the fans that will be there won't be in great mood. I think Newcastle can turn all that into their advantage. Um, the Newcastle supporters love to make a day of it in London as well. I'm, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that the Newcastle fans will be louder than 
West Ham in this game um, because it's so flat at West Ham. So, as I say, I think it's it's almost the perfect game for them. It's certainly winnable. Uh, they've just got to make sure they're more clinical in, in that final third. So that that's the, that's the acid test for them this weekend. And just to finish off, as always, your score prediction. Score prediction. I think it's going to be a narrow one. Um, I think they're more than capable of at least getting a, a point out of it. But you know, I'll stick my neck out and say maybe Newcastle get a two-one win. Well, there you have it. You can head over to Chronicle Live to keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle Night news, including Steve Bruce's press conference on Friday and live match coverage through a live blog on Saturday afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank you.